Welcome to another episode of Stargate Weekly. I'm Thad Haight. I'm Stuart Hollis. And this week, we are not talking about an episode of Stargate. <gasps> we are talking about 22 episodes of Stargate. Bum, bum, bum. That's right. Last week, we finished up Season 1. And this week, we're just going to do a recap of Season 1. No, we're not going to tell you exactly what happens in all 22 episodes. We just had a bunch of episodes where we did that. But we are going to go over some thoughts that we have. That's exactly right. Do you want to hear the synopsis? Uh, does TV Guide have a synopsis of the season? Because that's they awesome. They do. They do. All right. <laughs> go for it. Stuart and Thad find themselves at the end of the first season of their podcast. Having nothing else to do, they resort to talking about what they talked about. Yo, dog. I heard you <laughs> like talking about things on podcasts. So let's talk about where the opening theme clips came from because we called it out a few times throughout the season we did yeah so you want to go through it just sort of like point by point because it's it's pretty nice convenient concrete scenes yeah and i've got the i've got the video here to help me so I'm going to jump straight past Jack adjusting his hat and standing at the gate, because I have no idea where those generic scenes came from. Or the close-up of Jack's eyes. I still don't care about the close-up of, Jack, of uh, Jack's eyes. Well, it had to have happened sometime. I know. So we go straight to Daniel in the ash from the episode Enigma. Indeed. The first episode with the Tolans. Well, as far as we know, the only episode with the Tolans. It felt to me, having no future knowledge, like these guys were going to be back. Mm. Well, one of them anyway. Uh-huh. All right. So then we have Daniel running to the gate room, which could be from any number of episodes. Yes. And then a shot of Daniel in the control room with the warning lights flashing in the background, which also could be from anything. Yes. Then we have a scene where the Death Glider flies through really really close to the gate one of those two i think it's through the gate right through the gate yeah like, and you gotta wonder why but just showing off just like how we're gonna show off that we know that that is from the episode singularity threading the needle is a game for the young threading the needle is a skill for the young <laughs> yes <laughs> we then cut to carter in the gate room Yes, which could be from any number of things. Carter's saluting, which is probably from Children of the Gods. But if we're wrong, please write and tell us. Absolutely. Uh, next, we have Carter just in the briefing room. She's looking up. Got like a little half smile on her face. Could be any number of episodes. I, I, can't, mm -hmm. I can't quite pin that one down. No, then we have them diving into the gate in Torment of Tantalus. Yes. Teal spinning around with other Jaffa behind him. Children of the Gods, part two? No, part one. Yes, what part am I two. Thinking? Part two. No, it's part two. Teal'c is only in the very beginning of part one. Yes. Good call. Then we have Teal'c in front of the Minoan set that was used in both Broca Divide and uh, Brief Candle. So I'm guessing probably... Broke a divide because there's the scene where he goes into the building and uh, knocks the guy out and steals his blood. Yes. But it could also be Brief Candle. That's what I was thinking as well. 
So I'm glad that we're in agreement on that. Anyone who tells us that we're wrong, you're wrong. So there. Unless you're right, and then we're wrong. No. Okay, fine. Then we have Teal looking very Teal-like. The Teal-like. I mean, that could be, like, any minute of any episode, really. Yeah, I'm trying... There's some sort of interesting thing behind him, but I'm... I can't tell for sure if it's the SGC or if it's some planet thing. It's distinctive, but I don't know what it is. Well, if we have any criminologists amongst our listeners, maybe they can help us out. Yeah. <laughs> we then get to the uh, just broad stroke, gate is on, ash and lava planet, obviously Enigma again. Then we have the only time uh, General Hammond leaves the SGC this season from uh solitudes i still really do not like the name solitudes i don't know why it's pluralized and it yeah bugs the crap too. out of me i'm with you on that general hammond again looking at the galaxy map this is from enemy within and you can tell because kowalski's in it <laughs> yes <laughs> this is when they're talking about which planet they would rather go to yes and then we have the lightning striking the tower from the Torment of Tantalus. The Death Glider crashing down from... I'm 100% sure it's from Children of the Gods, but if you tell me I'm wrong, you're going to break two. my heart. Yes. It's Children of the Gods part two. <laughs> this time it's personal. And then we end with them sort of trotting, running through the gate, which uh, could be in a number of episodes. Yeah. Okay, so that was fun. Yeah. So... There were a couple things that stuck out to me that we had forgotten a few times. And in true fashion, I have forgotten several of them again. But one thing, when we talked about Cold Lazarus, yes. uh, we were wondering where all the bright yellow sand came from. And we were wondering if maybe they painted it or what. So it turns out that Vancouver has the largest sulfur storage facility in the world. <laughs> they just ship it in there to then be sent out to any place that needs sulfur. So they just, you know, actually filmed it in a big pit of sulfur. I think that was my guess, wasn't it? That they was at a sulfur mine or something? Yeah. Woo. You did guess sulfur mine, but this wasn't a mine. They don't mine it there. They ship it in from other places and consolidate it there. That's odd. Huh. Okay, um... I think that we did talk about after your Las Vegas convention podcast that we had both completely forgotten about Jason Momoa. Yeah, we talked about uh, David Hewlett's career post-Stargate and Joe Flanagan's, well, life post-Stargate. And uh, we completely forgot to mention that Jason Momoa like actually broke out as a real, like, known star post-Stargate. Utterly blew up. Yeah. Because he was Cal Drogo on Game of Thrones. He's now going to be Aquaman. He was in that Baywatch movie that was apparently terrible. Wait, no, no. He was on the original Baywatch. He was also he on was the original... Not... He was also in the new Baywatch movie? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I know he was on the original Baywatch. Are I know he was telling on the... me that... <laughs> Not just The Rock, not just Zac Efron, but also Jason Momoa 
We're in I mean, the new now that I'm saying this, Baywatch I'm movie. Completely wrong, but I was sure he was. I know he was on Baywatch back in the day. Yeah, but I was also pretty sure he was in the movie. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. It has happened a few times. One of us is about to be wrong, and I'm betting it's you. It's probably me. It's me. Boom! Makes me triple right, because not only did I bet that it was going to be you, you agreed with me, and you were wrong! Triple right. <laughs> I'm not sure your math holds up. It totally does. Quadruple right. <laughs> but he was also in that uh, not very good uh, Conan the Barbarian movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he was in whatever that gif of him opening up a folding chair is from i think that is from his <laughs> netflix show which okay. i've completely forgotten the name of and i've only recently started watching i don't know i just see that gif all over the place and it's awesome i love it so much like that alone i feel like i mean that that's that's good enough for that's celebrity, internet right? stardom right there right yeah uh so the other thing that we remembered forgetting was that pretty sure when we were talking about solitudes that i wanted to call out there was a point where hammond is talking to daniel and he says that carter and jack have been officially declared missing in action mm. and i wanted to just very very briefly because i just like have yes it was that one i just have all these notes for all these episodes usually and that was one of my quick little things that like had kind of poked my brain was that when I first came across POWMIA, I didn't realize that's how you were supposed to say it. And I had always pronounced it pow Mia in my head. <laughs> For some reason, even though you wrote solitudes, you clearly wrote solitudes. I read it as singularity. I originally wrote singularity and then I ah. changed it. Just so to you mess with me you. me look wrong, even though I was right about you being wrong, but you made it look like I was wrong. That's right. Which means coming back to <laughs> Stuart Hollis five <gasps> times right. Yeah, okay. Uh, Always so right. <laughs> when we talked about what episode... Oh, it was uh, Bloodlines. Yeah. We mentioned that there have been 27 seasons of Star Trek. Uh, I have brought great shame to Star Trek fans everywhere. There have been 28 seasons of Star Trek. Yes, because although... And Thad was 100% complicit in this one, but honestly... So we both agree that there were seven seasons of Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and The Next Generation. And we both agreed... There were three seasons of the original series. And we both, at the time, <laughs> agreed that there were three seasons of Enterprise. My excuse is that season one and season two were so similar that they just blended together in my head. Because, see, because what I was thinking was season two, which is actually season three, is rather different. And then the final season is also rather different. I remember it as the season of the three-parters. Yes. And I thought it was the third season because that is pleasant symmetry in my brain. 
and Thad just went along for the ride. <laughs> you said 27, and I, like, paused for a second, so I was clearly doing math in my head, and I agreed with you. So, yeah. Stuart Hollis, six times right. Also, technically speaking, if you count the animated series, it's 30 seasons. Fine. And uh, we won't count Discovery yet because the season, first season of Discovery has not yet finished. What should we call effective Star Trek parody, such as, for example, Galaxy Quest and The Orville? I mean, we certainly don't count them as seasons of Star Trek. No, uh... obviously not. But I feel like, especially if we had like more of them to work with that they almost form like their own pantheon that's the wrong word right that's the wrong word at the moment there's two things has there been other effective other than like snl skits there hasn't no no nothing nothing that anyone has put like serious money behind or time no but galaxy quest oh my goodness galaxy quest was amazing and the orville for the most part i enjoy the latest episode was interesting yeah Oh, I, I really liked the latest episode. It was the most Star Trek-like of them, I thought, so far. My biggest beef with the latest episode, which we're both agreed is the one with the social media upvote-downvote thing, right? Yes. Yeah. We're not counting the one that literally aired an hour ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Hulu won't get for three days, because I don't know what the heck schedule Hulu is on. Um, Hulu will get it tomorrow. I honestly don't know, because I thought it doesn't matter. My biggest beef with that episode is and this is the same sin that so many things commit and I find myself committing when whenever I go in to wanting to design some new stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh like if I'm trying to like build a world or something and I start designing things for the world is trying to create variety within it. And the Orville was particularly egregious, in my opinion, because literally everyone had the exact same handheld phone device thing, which apparently only exists to give them the master feed and an up-down button. And to record things for the master feed. Yes. But seriously, there's no other shapes. They couldn't have made one of them that was like a parallelogram instead of a... Yeah, I mean, that that is such a such a major sci-fi trope right there the the monolithic everything yeah and i feel like especially nowadays with cheap convenient 3d printing it would have been so easy for them to mock up three or four different basic shapes into which they could set their screens yeah that would look different enough to make it at least seem like there was more than one manufacturer of Yeah, and you could maybe make the argument that they were joking, that like this was part of the joke, but I don't think so, because it's Seth MacFarlane, and the man likes nothing better than to explain his jokes, so they would have called it out. (laughs) Yeah, he does. So this has been a brief interlude of the Orville Weekly, and now, back to the show. (laughs) Yes. What were your... Do you want to do the top or the bottom first? Let's do bottom first. Ooh. Okay, I see how it is. You want it... You can you can spin this as wanting to end on a high note, but it seems... But I know that for me personally, doing bottom first means I want to get my complaining out of the way, because that's what I enjoy the most. Oh, yeah. So are we going to start with our... We're going to start with our third 
worst and go down to the absolute worst, right? Yes. Okay. Well, my third worst is the first commandment. Okay. Mine was Brief Candle. Interesting. I like Brief Candle. First Command was probably my fourth worst. I did actually have to think a bit, a bit about the third one. The first two were no-brainers. Yeah. The third one was... <laughs> so I imagine we'll have some parody on that. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Brief Candle, I just... Boy, I really didn't like how Jack got raped. Alright, yeah, no, I'll give you that. And, like, everything else, I didn't like Crotchety Jack... Oh, I like I love Crotchety Jack with his weird querulous voice. No, I just uh, he has a prostate problem. He's not going to get into. <sighs> but he shouldn't, because apparently <laughs> the nanites, nanocytes, are only there to uh, blah blah. And nah. why are these nanocytes that increase aging in other people? Why do they even have the ability of making it look like he's getting older? Exactly. But yeah, anyway, I I still kind of like that one. Okay, so my second worst. Mm-hmm. Was Emancipation. Ooh, so we are different. My second worst was Hathor. (laughs) Okay. Is your first worst Emancipation? Yes, it is. Because my first worst was Hathor. (laughs) So we're not that different. No. (laughs) Uh, From the perspective of podcast episodes, though... Hathor's way up there for me. Oh yeah, Hathor was great. It was our first guest. It was our first guest. Uh... And I haven't reached out to her yet, but I'm sure she's on board for season two. That's going to be very exciting. And uh, yeah, it just was it. Hathor was also right around the time that we were hitting our stride. I feel so all in all for a podcast perspective, Hathor, I thought went really, really well watching it. (laughs) I would have to say uh, having, you know, because obviously at this point when you, the listener are listening to this, all of our season one episodes are out, but we, the podcaster, uh, the most recent episode we've released is um, fire and water. Yes. Uh, and I would have to say so far, I feel like our best work was bloodlines. Hmm. You might be right. Maybe bloodlines was good. Hmm. Although I'm definitely looking forward to when we get to the end of the season and I switch over to this better mic. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, what are your top three, starting with your third best? My third best was Torment of Tantalus. Ah, mine was Children of the Gods. Mmm, okay. Solid. It did not make the cut for me, but that that's a solid choice. I give it bonus points because of how solid of a series premiere it was. In a time when series premieres of sci-fi shows were often not. You know, just... Period. So pilots, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Today, in today's world, if your pilot sucks, then you're not going to succeed at all. Well, if your pilot sucks, no one's going to know. Yeah, but back in the '90s, that was totally not the case. Yeah, you know, not every network can be Amazon, which literally has pilot season. Yeah, Amazon is pretty much the only one that does that. That, I kind of like that. I do too. I don't partake in it enough. I think that the first time I heard about it, I was kind of like, uh, that's weird. But then it really kind of grew on me. It did. Um, I watched a couple of the pilots. Yeah. Um, I was, I was then disappointed to find out that the rest of the world disagrees with me on some of them. Okay. I haven't caught any of the latest ones. 
Oh, I haven't seen any new ones. It was when they first did it. I watched a bunch of them. Oh, okay. So you're talking about back when they had like that John Goodman, Paula, uh... which I voted against, but it got greenlit anyway. Yeah. Okay. I love John Goodman. Do not like Alpha House. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So my second best there, but for the grace of God. Okay. Yeah, that's a good choice. You disagree. No, I, I like it. It didn't make my list, but no, I, I do like that one. My second best was Within the Serpent's Grasp. Yeah, that one's probably my fourth. That was, I mean, definitely a, a solid episode, but... No, I mean, I, you haven't picked one I hate yet, so... <laughs> well, that's... that's... <laughs> my first was Thor's Hammer. Yes. All right. So... <laughs> we finally agree on one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, Which is interesting because I know that I had a conversation with you a couple years ago where you said you didn't like Thor's Hammer. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was only from a, from a perspective of between Hammer and Chariot. I don't know. Fair enough. But this is also how much do I like Thor's Hammer in light of all t- ten seasons? Ah, that's also a very good point. How much do I like Thor's Hammer in light of just the first season i think uh yeah ne- next season whew, it might be hard to come up with a top three because there's probably more than three that i really like next yes. season. heads up next season we're gonna have some more guests on and finding the right episodes for them to come on has been a lot of fun because there's so many winners yeah all right so what else do we want to discuss uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about was how the characters have grown from the pilot through the end of the first season. Okay. Because they've definitely come together as a team. The team has grown. I don't... We... I guess we don't have all that much individual character growth. We don't. I would say that Carter has changed not at all. Yeah. Maybe, if anything, softened slightly from the perspective of when we first meet her... She is really trying to prove herself, really. Yeah, and she doesn't have to do that now because... She's proven herself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so there's a little bit of that. Yeah. I think Daniel is mostly exactly the same. I would agree. Daniel has not become the character that we are used to later in the show. Daniel is still... He always carries a gun. (laughs) Daniel is still... Very upset about the loss of his wife. Very wanting revenge. Mm-hmm. Very much with the trying to look like James Spader. Yes, he hasn't gotten his hair cut yet. Or lost his glasses. Well, the glasses sort of come and go. Yeah. He also hasn't started wearing the bandana yet, which I'm really looking forward to when we get to that and then leave that time. He also hasn't started uh, bulking up yet. Right. Jack, mostly the same. Honestly, I would say the most character growth has to be Teal'c. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I don't even know if growth is the right word so much as... Teal'c changed from antagonist to one of the protagonists and then mostly stayed the same. Let's even skip that evolution. But Teal'c went from... Because he was antagonist for all of seven and a half minutes or something. Right. So Teal'c went from antagonist to member of the team to member of the team with his own motivations beyond just, I decided to switch sides. Right, because bloodlines. 
I decided to switch sides because I want freedom for all of my people. That they may they take, can take your lives, lives, but they can never take your freedom. But they'll never take our freedom! Except they'll also take your lives and your children's lives and your wife's lives and they'll end your immune system and replace it with a primta. <laughs> and they'll also take your freedom. Yes. So, the quote works, but doesn't work. All right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, Teal, I, I would say, has probably changed the most out of all of them. But none of them have changed a ton. And the other named member of the cast is General Hammond, but he doesn't really have any character. His character mostly stays the same throughout all seven seasons that he's in, so... Right. Because Walter doesn't have a name yet. And he's still not... Oh, I meant, like, main cast is in the theme. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Walter does have a little bit of character growth, I guess. I mean, I guess. He gets a name. Yeah. I mean, that's like saying Siler has character growth. No, like, well, he, not, not wanting to disparage Siler or anything, but they're just... Well, the he name. does get... Um, I mean, he does go from just gate technician guy to... Like, the guy who basically runs everything in the later seasons. Like, he's, like, Walter. Yeah. Because yeah. he's practically Hammond's yeah. right-hand man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a senior non-com. It's, I mean, that's a big deal. He's mm-hmm. probably, the, he was probably the highest-ranking enlisted member on, at the facility. That's, yeah. that that's pretty significant. Yeah. All right. So, the other thing I had, I don't know, was there anything else that you didn't write down that you want to do? nothing really jumps out right now. Maybe I'll think of it. All right. So we're going to do a quiz and see which one of us does better. Okay. So uh, for the sake of the podcast, you won't know time has passed, but Stuart and I are going to spend some time. (laughs) Yes. And we will include the quiz for you uh, in the podcast. It'll be part of the chapter marking. So you can also do the quiz, and when we get done, you can compare your scores against us and tweet at us to let us know if There will also you... be a link in the description for the podcast if you don't want to have to go through the chapter marking or your podcast player doesn't include that. Yes. Anyway, on to the quiz. Have you opened it? Are you ready? I've just, I've done the first two questions. Oh my goodness. I mean, technically speaking, you could make the case for all three answers on number 14. 14 was so long ago. <laughs> you don't know the answer to 18 in season 1 I did Right, but if you had only seen season 1 You wouldn't <laughs> I just finished <laughs> Alright uh, I got, what? I apparently got 16 out of 20 Okay, so you got So I got 17 out of 20 So let's jump Straight to question 20 did you answer 22 or 21? I answered 22, and apparently the right answer was 21. Exactly the same. So we're both going to throw out 20. Because I agree with you, that one could go either way. Uh, I also don't like how this is done. You can't quickly scroll up to find which one you got wrong, because it's always going to be in blue. Your answer was correct. Sorry you didn't choose correct. It's always going to be in blue. Yeah, it needs to be in red. Yes. So... Let's start with question one. And by the way, we are I am not going to link this in the description of the show because this quiz is not very good. 
and I don't want to give this person page views. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so the first one I got wrong was number three. Well, let's start with the okay, first okay, question, okay. though. Where was found the gate on... <laughs> Yes, I'm doing absolutely. it. Yeah, Where do was found the gate on Earth? Gazette. That is correct. <laughs> it was not found the gate in Cheyenne Mountain or Antarctica. Which is also spelled wrong. Oh, goodness it is. <laughs> and so is Gazette. It should be Giza, but it's Giza. It should Gizze. be Giza. G-I-Z-A. <laughs> Question two, Thad. Why was a team sent through the gate on the beginning of the show? I had the correct answer. A Gua'uld attacked the SGC. I wanted to answer O'Neill was boring, but I also answered a Gua'uld attacked the SGC. It was also not that Jackson has no more tissues. <laughs> what is the first planet where the team formed was sent? You answered Chulak, didn't you? I answered Abydos, but oh, you, I, okay. there is a case could certainly be made for Chulak because they were not yet SG-1 when they went to Abydos. I answered Chulak because that was when they were SG-1. Yeah, I thought it was a trick question, but I wasn't sure which way they would go. So the other question is Tauri, which is Earth, so obviously they weren't sent there. Yes. How is called Daniel's wife? Is it Skara? <laughs> uh, I think it might be Dreyok, which I think is also spelled incorrectly. <laughs> No, we're both wrong. It's Charay, which is spelled correctly. And I, I, I did, in fact, answer Charay. Yes. Here's another one that I'm going to fight them on. <laughs> which episode shows, showed the first mission of the SG-1 team? I got this wrong because I said Children of the Gods. I also said Children of the Gods because that was the first mission of the SG-1 team. They said Emancipation. Which, even if that, even if you're counting that, was not the first mission, because they actually talk about a mission to another planet that they did in the past on Emancipation. But it doesn't show the first mission. It doesn't, oh, showed, okay. But it wasn't the first mission, it was Children of the Freaking Gods. We can both agree it's not the enemy within. <laughs> yes, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> All right. What regular character is seen for the first time in the Broca Divide? D-E-V-I-D-E. Was it Harry Mayborn? No, it was not. Was it Gal Hammond? <laughs> no, Gal Hammond never shows up. <gasps> it was Janet Fraser. Correct. But tell me, who was Jonas Hansen, member of SG-9, who turned himself to a god in a planet? Uh, he is former Carter's fiance. That's right. <laughs> As opposed to a friend of O'Neill or a Gould. Yes. Let's take up more of these and then just move on to which other ones we get wrong. How are called O'Neill's son and wife? Well, it's not Sam and Amandy. Okay. Maybe instead of the answer, say, we, we'll do all of them, but we won't say all the wrong answers unless they're ridiculous. Sam and Amandy is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> All right, all right. But the correct answer is Charlie and Sarah. Yes, but I, I think the Sarah in that episode had an H in the end of her name. I had thought that as well. Uh, but what happened to O'Neill on Argos? He has an accelerate aging. Yes. <laughs> Something remarkable did happen. <laughs> 
Who was the first man to travel through the gate after it was found in 1945? Wasn't it? It was found earlier than 1945. It was like 1927. Yeah, because it was sent across the ocean before the war. Yeah, and he didn't travel through in 1945 either. He may have. It may have been 45. Okay, that he traveled through actually. But it was Ernest Littlefield. Yes. But who is the gold queen? I actually have no arguments with this question, uh, other than the fact that there are multiple gold queens, but we don't necessarily know that at this time. Uh, and it's Hathor. Exactly. What is a Korai? A trial. This one was also fine. Mm-hmm. Where are send the Tolans after they left Earth? Okay, I have a beef with this question. Go on. Uh, I said on their own planet. They claim on the Nox planet. No, no, no. They it's, it's not like they hung out on the Nox planet. The Nox took them to their own planet. But they are sent to the Nox planet. You don't actually know that. They're picked up by the Nox. Yes, but we don't know where the Nox went. Okay. I feel like... Okay. I feel like between those two, they're both right, but from different perspective of time. They probably went to the Nox planet first, and then to a new their own planet. Well, we can all agree that on the Asgard planet is wrong. Uh, it's totally wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did Harlan do to SG-1? He did robot clones of the team. <laughs> Gross. Yes. Who are Jonathan Glasner and Martin Wood? They are directors of the show. But Did I you say producers? Yeah. Yeah. Silly Billy. They're directors. I got that right. So now we know which one that we now we know which one was the different one. Yeah. Well, that and uh, the Tolans. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, okay. What is the USAF? Well, it's the United States Air Force. Yes. Where is placed the Cheyenne Mountain Complex? In Colorado, USA, obviously. All right, now eighteen. I've got a beef with. Okay. This is a season one quiz. The question is, who had created the Stargates? And the correct answer is the Ancients. But we don't know this in season one. We don't know it a hundred percent. We certainly don't know. We certainly don't know the term the Ancients. I think you might be right on that one. But we do know. We do know that the Gua'uld did not create the Stargates. Do we? Yes. Okay. Remember from Thor's Hammer, where Jackson is talking about. The two different kinds of star gods. Oh yeah, you're right. You're and he's right. specifically bringing that up because he's saying stars such... for the star guard, moon for the moon throne. <laughs> yes, he's specifically saying we don't think the ghoul built the stargate system. Okay, but we don't. I'm fairly certain we don't encounter the term ancients this season. But we do next season, I believe. But do we know? What is the name of the girl that SG-1 found on P-8X-987, and what was she supposed to do? Cassandra, a ghoul turned her into a bomb to destroy the Earth. That's right. Although Cassie, she must kill SG-1 is not wrong. (laughs) And finally? How many episodes does the season one count? 22. 22 is the correct answer. But maybe it's 21 and 19 also is possible if you no 19 is not possible. Not from no, season none one. Of the number... Yeah. Oh, 20 oh, is... oh, oh, sorry. 19 is in 19 episodes, not 19 is in question 19. Okay. 
No, 20 is, um, is also possible if you go with the weird way the DVD numbers them by counting Children of the Gods as a whole separate thing and starting with number one for en- Enemy Within. Okay. But yeah, this quiz is bad. We're not going to link it to it, link you to it, and it's really for the best. Uh, yeah, honestly, we had gone through a couple of other different quizzes before this, and they were either, and we say this as huge fans of the show, insufferably difficult. As in, like, like what color hat was Jack wearing in the 18th minute of the 13th episode? Like, like, like weird, like, like, super nitpicky difficult sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Who played the extra in whatever scene? That kind of stuff. Or they were more of this, which is overly simplistic stuff. Not worthy of anyone who would be listening to Stargate Weekly nor its hosts. That's absolutely correct. So, until we can find a quiz worthy of our time, and more importantly, yours, we won't be sharing any of them. So I don't think I have anything else to talk about, do you? No, I think that's pretty much it. Alright, well, you want to take us out? Alright. Well, listeners, it's been fun talking to you about this wonderful season of SG-1, and... If you have any comments about how you've thought about Season 1, or maybe you have different rankings for your top three or bottom three, feel free to let us know. You can email us at StargateWeekly at gmail.com. You could leave a comment on Facebook on our page, which is Stargate Weekly. Or you can tweet us at Stargate Weekly. You can also tweet at me individually. I'm at Gamicus on Twitter. And I am at Tyrannicus on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us for this season we're gonna take uh, a break after this you know we've been talking all this time before we jump back into our second season which we hope you join us for and come back in a few weeks or when your podcast app of choice notifies you that there's uh, fresh episodes ready to go and we'll be talking about season two yes we will